is if you don't pick, you can't iterate. You can't, if you don't know that term, it's a term we use in software a lot. Iterate means to get better. So if you don't constantly, uh, or if you don't make a decision first, there's nothing to make better. Now, granted, Matt, I've pivoted. I mean, when I developed my current software company, we help uh, learning businesses globally. So anyone that teaches uh, classes or lessons. And so we run their whole business with our software. But when I first started, that wasn't what we were doing. We, we had this vision that we were going to help them in one small way. And then we went out and tried to sell it. And no one would buy. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show. We have Chris Bates on the show today. He's been on the Inc. 500, 5,000 four times. He's been a Grammy nominee. He started seven businesses and one charity. Currently runs TeacherZone.com. If you want to check him out, check him out at TeacherZone.com or LosRiosRockSchool.com. Chris is going to talk about his unconventional youth and how his love of music and dreams to be a rock star led him down a different path than he expected. He's going to talk about the journey and constant never-ending improvement that he's been on, and he's going to discuss how he went from wanting to be a rock star to being the founder of a SaaS system for management and leverage of learning. Don't forget to subscribe and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Chris Bates, thank you for making time and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Matt Stewart, I'm really grateful to be on this podcast and it's good to see you. I think you're my second Emmy nominee. Grammy. I'm so, oh, the other one was an Emmy. You're my first Grammy nominee. Good. Oh, by the way, I sometimes tell people this. This is the show's not about accuracy. <laughs> It's about exploration. And let's dive right into it, Chris. I'm going to start the same way we always start. What is your definition of excellence? Excellence. So uh, when I saw that you were going to, you know, I, I've listened to your podcast and others have had some really cool answers. I started thinking about this and I'm like, you know, um, I remember years ago, Matt, did you ever listen to those uh, Tony Robbins tapes? Um, one time on my way to a company trip in a car with a young lady who I didn't respect very much. So I never <laughs> listened to Tony Robbins again because I thought it was crazy. Since then, I've realized how helpful it is and how wonderful it is to seek coaching and uh, focus on things and work on mindfulness. But no, I have not done it since I was 19 years old going to Mammoth. I might have been the similar age, but what I got from it mostly was Kanai, constant, never ending improvement. And uh, C-A-N-I. And so I really like that. But, you know, one thing that I tell my kids all the time that I try and think about is I think excellence for me is that, you know, the sentence like uh, do what others won't so you can live like others can't. 
And I think that yeah. that embodies excellence. When I think about excellence, I think about a little bit of obsessiveness. You know, I, I think that obsession is um, healthfully channeled, creates excellence. I also think about excellence is doing something, uh, never seeing an end game. So I think uh, when I was young, I saw excellence as, oh, when I get to this, then when I get to this mountain, that when I get this award, then. And now I really see, oh, there's no arrival. It's, wow, it's about, well, so that's about the, it's about the journey. So that kind of messes up the whole plan here. And it's interesting because <laughs> I, I talk to a lot of people in their 20s and I spend a lot of time talking to people about their careers and people keep I, I, I hear themes. I've been doing it for a long time and I hear themes and a lot of the themes are like based on TV shows. Like they want to go into house flipping to get to X, Y, Z. Um, a lot of them want to get into business to get to X, Y, Z. And the X, Y, Z lately has been to be done working at 35 and retire and manage my investments, which I say, well, that's called retirement. Um, good luck with that. I'm having you on today because you've got this way of starting businesses that's so strategic with the end in mind. And now you're telling me that your definition of excellence is not how you start a business with the end in mind, a SaaS business, not a different type of business, but that excellence is never seeing an end in mind and there's no arrival. So how are we going to uh, tie that together? Should we I end the whole it. show now? Yeah, I think we should. No, I, I, <laughs> I think that's a great point. So here's the thing. I call it lottery mindset. And when we're young, we all got it. Anybody with any ambition, you got the lottery mindset. You're like, hey, when I get X amount of capital, when I start making this much money, when I get to this place, then, and you keep putting those goals in your mind, kind of like an Olympian, right? I want this medal. I want this thing. I want that. And I think that that is uh, goals are healthy. And I think vision is imperative and a decisiveness is imperative. And so I, I, let's speak on that. And that's what you're talking about. When I've created my companies, I am decisive and I do have vision. But I think where I was really naive when I was young is I thought that there was a rival. And what I found is that that creates a lot of anxiety. And that if I work from having already arrived, then it just becomes a game. So then that idea of vision, that idea of like, where am I headed? I still have that, yes, but I'm doing the dance day to day and enjoying the ride. Does that make sense? So, is it the end result to you as a person is never seeing an end in mind? There is no end to the being of Chris becoming excellent in a business. It can keep going in that direction, and you may exit, um, but it's going to keep going because it never ends. But you're 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 able to have a vision. You're able to set a goal. You're able to have a man uh, a plan, and then you're enjoying the process. You're karma yogiing through it. Um, that's that's how you tie those two together. I think you operate if you're if you're talking about what is excellence. I think all excellent people operate like that. Um, have you, did you? I don't know if you read um, the uh, Tim Grover. He was Jordan and Kobe's personal trainer, and he has a book called Winning. If you guys haven't read that, great book. I've got and, it sitting literally right on my desk, right you? below the monitor. Paperweight. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I love in that book, he defines. Did you just say paperweight? <laughs> no, not a paperweight. <laughs> sitting there because that's the next book to go on a plane. Nice. Yeah, uh, I get I get all my reading done either in the middle of the night or on planes too. 
Um, so that what he has is three definitions, Matt. He's got uh, what is it? What is he called? Coolers, closers, and cleaners. Right. The idea of a cooler and his definition is basically someone that just gets the job done. Right. It's like I know I got to do this job. So let's say you want to, like you said, the goal is to retire at thirty-five, as you said. Um, a, a cooler, uh, not some- my personal goal. Some. I think that may, may have been Tim, my Fer- goal Tim Ferriss. Yeah, really infected a lot of people. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> Which I think being perpetually on vacation is actually an amazing concept. Well, the, and con- I think- the concept is I'm going to make enough money to retire on my investments. And so I wanted to put together a few podcasts where we're talking about, you know, a lot of people want to start businesses. How do you start a business? You know, mm. that we're going to have. Mm. Another guy, Calvin Cox, on today. Mm. He lives that lifestyle in Hawaii. We're recording a podcast today. How did he get there? But the funny thing is you don't work till you're 35 and then manage your investments. You may work till you're 35 and have enough investments to manage, but that becomes your job, right? Right. And and then essentially- And and that goes along with what you're saying. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're saying you never know what the end is, right? And if you're focused on the end and you're fixated with the end, you have that deflation when you get there. But if you're focused on the process and you've got the serendipity, um, you still can have the goals. You can tie that together. You can still have the vision. You have to, but you've got to enjoy the process and not just be so focused on that end result is what you- You will be more successful. Because coolers, you will, you will, you, you'll operate at a higher level. So uh, cooler is your average person, right? They're just, they got a goal. They're going to meet it. Done. Very standard. Closer, a little higher level. You know, a lot of salespeople and probably you and I throughout our career at certain points, we've probably gone down to closer level. Closer to me is just someone that's a little bit better than everybody else. So anyone listening to this is probably already a closer. Question is, can you become a cleaner? And so when he defines Jordan... And defines Kobe. And they're, they're like, what made those guys different from everybody else you work with? He said, they're cleaners. They never stop. And he goes so far as to say he caught them in the locker room hours after practice, cleaning the locker room. Two greatest guys in history, arguably. And they're just so obsessed. But more importantly, they don't see it as work. They're just all in, right? 110, all in. So I think that if you aspire to um, be a leader, to have a business, to retire on vacation perpetually, you know, um, you have to come in with that cleaner mindset where you are all in. And uh, Nick Saban, I heard on a podcast where Nick Saban, the Alabama coach, you know, um, they've been like number one for like 18 years or something. He says to his players, I don't want you to practice until you get it right. I want you to practice until you can't get it wrong. And if you think about the level of effort that it takes to practice until you can't get it wrong, that shows why Alabama is so dominant. And so I think that cleaner mindset, that you're never done, that constant never-ending improvement, that obsessive quality, I think that if you can do that enjoy, you're killing it. And you're going to see a lot more success and you're going to operate at a higher level in whatever business you design. Well, based on your 16 sound bites in the first seven minutes of this podcast, I would say <laughs> that you've practiced media training and, and broadcasting till you can't make a mistake. And I want to move on. I think that's, I mean, that's you, you packaged it pretty nicely there and that's great for the listeners. Constant, never ending improvement tying into you can have a view of your goal, but 
never focusing on the end game, focus, always looking at the horizon. We've talked before about go ahead and celebrate and doing what others won't so you can live how others can't. And I love the Jordan. They just keep going. They make everything better. And you look at all the people that are excellent that we know. Someone told me you can tell who owns a business. That's the person picking up trash in the in the parking lot. Maybe that was you. But you think mm. about the excellent people we know. They're just always making it better. Always, always, mm, always. Mm, mm. And uh, so do you want to let's go into that, the, what you said about vision, about starting a company. So well, before um, we do, yeah. we got it. We got to back up a little bit because you've got some exciting stories of hanging out, uh, oh. working as a security guard at the Playboy <laughs> Mansion, hanging out with Motley Crue. So we do have to talk for just a couple seconds because you're also maybe maybe you don't have the typical path. You're super successful. You've won these awards. Um, you've got this uh, school where everybody looks up to you. You've got this giant SaaS company where you're helping people learn music worldwide. But you were kind of a crazy metalhead, long-haired rock star back. I mean, not rock star, wannabe rock star back in the day. So (laughs) your path may not, a lot of people come on here and they got the great grades and they went to Vanderbilt and then they crushed it in some banking company, blah, blah, blah. Your path's a little bit different. So for that guy out there in the car right now, banging his head to 21 pilots or whoever it's going to be now, or that person that's you know, having fun in college, working in a band, you know, is really passionate about some artistic endeavor. Why don't you talk about what life was like in high school and how you ended up turning that into what you turned it into today? So we're going to go back. So in eighth grade is where it kind of started for me. I started playing drums when I was like five and uh, I got in a band in eighth grade and we rehearsed relentlessly. You know, it's, it's the work you do that people don't see, but when you love it, it doesn't feel like work. So we, we rehearsed, so we got pretty darn good. So we had a 10 song set, I believe. And it was these 80 songs. Um, and it was, it was just, just a fun set. And we talked the principal into letting us do a, uh, actually they had a, what do they call it? With a school, shut, everybody assembly, an assembly for the entire 1600 population at my middle school. And so uh, this is Serrano middle school. So they had this giant quad area we set up. And literally there's over a thousand kids of our friends watching us and our band slayed. And when I was done, I got mobbed and all my drumsticks got taken by chicks. I was sold. I was done. I'm like, okay, I want to do this for a living. This is amazing. You know, like to be able to do what you love and then have people tell you you're amazing. I was all in. So that's kind of how it began for me to realize that playing in bands was pretty freaking cool. Um, so then through high school, played in bands and aspired Guns N' Roses. When they came around, they really inspired uh, a friend of mine. He sings for Buck Cherry, uh, Josh Todd and I. We played in bands in high school together. So he and I used to sit under a bridge uh, and just dream about being rock stars. So my very first entrepreneurial desire was to be a rock star. And um, so I think the lessons uh, learned from that is that, you know, when you are like, on fire, like with an idea about something that's exciting. We literally packed up everything and moved to Hollywood. So I lived right above the whiskey. So it was pretty, pretty sweet back in the day where, you know, one morning I went jogging and, and uh, you've got Flea and Lane Staley and the Henry Rollins band sound checking, you know, we got just me standing there checking them out Um, to be around that environment really was pretty inspiring where I feel the lesson uh, really helped me later in life is that I literally had no 
idea or vision of how to actually make it a business. And that really is, I feel like if I had now in hindsight, if I could take my knowledge now and go back to those days, I probably actually could have realized my dream. Um, ultimately, after about four years of having fun, you know, playing the club scene, um, I, I worked at the Playboy Mansion for a while, uh, you know, kind of got to see it all. I realized, gosh, I don't know if I can figure this business part out of this music thing. I think I need to go start a business. And so that's what I eventually drove me away from it and to start my first actually real estate business in uh, Denver, Colorado. So, and that's, that's how it always happens, right? You have an idea, you're super passionate about it. I, I don't know if I've had anybody on that actually executed the original idea. I wanted to be a rock star, but mm. I see how it works. If you want to be a rock star, you need to be doing whatever you want to be a rock star at every moment. My daughter sings every waking moment your son plays guitar every waking moment you play drums and then you got to figure out but let's back up a little bit just in the business of being in music you're saying you're a good drummer um but you couldn't realize your dream of being a quote rock star because you couldn't figure out how to make the being a good drummer turn into being a member of a band and being a member of a band is being a member of a business. And you decided you wanted to be a member of a different business. Yeah. It's so funny. You don't want to sell out when you're an artist, right? You're like, I'm not going to sell out. It's my art. So what you want is some magical thing to just happen and someone to elevate you to the clouds and say, you, Matt, are a god. And then everyone just worships Matt and you just say, yes, I am. And you get to do your art, right? And that's what all artists dream of. The irony is, is that is so not how successful artists operate. Successful artists actually operate more like business people. And a friend of mine that uh, was on tour with Kiss, he uh, had got to have breakfast with Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley one night or one morning. And uh, he told me about it. And he said, I felt like I was sitting with two accountants all morning. You know, you're sitting with two of the biggest rock stars in history and all they can do is talk numbers at the table. And so that's really telling because the artist mindset um, is also the same thing that I think inspires a lot of us to start a business. It's that idea of starting nothing, something from nothing, of creating something from nothing. I think that is like magical. I really believe that entrepreneurs are the unsung heroes of the earth. I really believe that all of you out there that aspire to things, to do something that's never been done before, that you really are special. But, <laughs> and this is the one big but, is a lack of decisiveness and a lack of follow through kills so many dreams. So if I, I think about Gene Simmons, um, what a wonderful marketer. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to get into Gene Simmons. Uh, what a great, what a great marketer. <laughs> yeah, you've and got I, stories and, there too. <laughs> and I, and I know, and I know the finance background and, and the genius of his finance. Um, I hadn't thought of that before. So someone's listening right now and I've had people on that have gone into the music business in different ways. And I've had people that talk to me about wanting to create business around the painting or, or the sculpting. But the, the point that you're making is if you're an artist, and you're working on your craft and you're working on your 10,000 hours and you're coming up with your unique offering. You have to think that way. Unique offering, marketing, exposure, accounting, costs. Very few are just 
the artist, you know, it used to be that some family would come sponsor you and um, you you live this lifestyle that someone else was paying for. That doesn't happen anymore. You have to be an artist that's a business person. Like if you want to run a medical center, you have to be a business person that happens to be a doctor. Oh, yeah. You're, you're a business um, person that happens yeah. to be a musician. Lady Gaga is a genius of business. So Miley yes. Cyrus is a business genius. hundred uh, percent. I mean, a genius like Taylor Swift's a business genius. And if you look at, uh, so um, we're acquaintances with David Lowry, the singer Cracker, and he posted the other day, Matt, you would have loved it because he posts all the numbers. He posts like all about, you know, what's going on. And he's like, you guys, I'm getting clobbered right now. He said, you got to understand as a band, we only make money on the last two of 10 shows. The first, the first eight, just like all businesses are paying for everything. He's like, now with all these pandemic stuff and everything that's going on, we're having to cancel two in the 10, meaning we're not profitable. And you guys keep wanting me to go back on the road. I'm grateful. I'd love to, but I'm not a charity. How do I reconcile? He's asking his fans, you know, like, how do I reconcile? He's right. It's it, at the end of the day, money is a metaphor. This was something that I wish I, my 20 year old self knew because I, I learned this more in my thirties and then really started embracing my, uh, later on. I think that money is a metaphor for how many people you help. It, it in its perfect essence that it, capitalism is that simple. If you notice any of the folks that you and I know, Matt, that are very successful, when you really dive deep, especially the ones that have gotten to three commas, if you dive deep into that, you look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, they've helped millions or tens of millions of people. And so if you really have a vision that will uh, fix a problem or help people, then understand that that money is so much uh, more fluid comes to you so much more quickly if you're thinking in terms of how can I impact people. So bring that back to art. A lot of artists think, oh, my art should just impact, but it's not going to. It's no art. Resonates. You got to no. do what others won't so yep. you can live the life others can't. You want to be a rock star, yeah. live the life that other people can't? You better figure out marketing. You Your better daughter. figure out business. Yeah. You better- you better Everybody get it look, look up Kennedy Stewart. She's putting out some great tracks, but at the end, at the end of the day for her longevity, she needs to find the crowd that basically sees things as she does. Right. Because if you're, if you're like screaming into the void of a bunch of customers that don't actually need your product or don't actually, you know, connect with your art or your business, you're going to constantly struggle. So a big part of business is like you said, changing and improving until you find your market fit. So you find your market, till you find those, your tribe, and then you keep putting in the time to grow your tribe. Taylor Swift's so good at that. She grows her tribe daily. Like she's biggest on earth. She's still growing her tribe. Yeah. It, I, I find it so inspiring. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. 
That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. So interesting. So you're, you're hanging out. Did you go to college? I did. I, I actually transferred. Oh, yeah, you were in Santa Cruz. I forgot. After I, le- after I left LA, I, I transferred from Northridge to UC Santa Cruz. That's right. So you're in high school. You go out. You're, you're playing the gigs. You're, you're a rock star hanging out with Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and partying all night long. And then you have this epiphany that, wait a second, I don't, I, I'm not going to be able to do what these guys are doing, I don't think. I need to go in a different direction. And so you go off, you get into real estate. And you start a real estate business and you, I, I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be the old guy at the club. You, oh, okay. Well, that's right. You started too late. So you go in a di- the hair was too long. So you go in a different direction and decide, okay, I love music. It's going to be a hobby now um, because music is a business. I'm going to go figure out business. You start a real estate firm in Colorado. You start a printing company in California. Um, you co-found a wonderful, famous music school in California. I know there's a couple more and then eventually you end up with the SaaS business. So what mm. I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, people talk, you know, there's, they're listening right now. You know, there's some that want to go on music, but there's a lot that want to go in business or, or into leadership. And the one that's listening right now that wants to go into business, that's listening to you going, Oh my God, I got to be open to these different ideas. Oh my God. Maybe my path is, isn't exactly what I want. I got to do some things that other people don't. What I want you to talk about is, how do you pick the idea? You've started all these different companies, but you must have had 30 ideas before each one. How do you pick the company? How do you select the right one? How do you model it? And how do you, especially with the SaaS business, begin with that exit end in mind, um, tying it into you've got the spirituality of never seeing an end game and enjoying the process? Brilliant. So anybody, if you don't know what SaaS means, it means software as a service. It's basically subscription. So people paying you. Every month, hand over fist. One of the things that I found, I mean, Matt, um, I mean, uh, you're a foremost business expert and you probably talked about this before, but there's only two things you can sell, right? Products or services. And so the challenge with selling products and a lot of people, they sell their services, but they're transactional services. So real estate would be an example, right? A real estate agent, I made a lot of great money, but it's limited to the fact of your transactional. So every time something has to actually, a transaction has to take place for money to come in. That's, you know, really stressful. And so there's a lot of great marketers out there and you can build your systems uh, around moving product that create giant, tra- uh, the transactions basically act like recurring, but that just stressed me out. You know, at the end of the day, I was like, gosh, you know, I'd finally made, you know, for those of you listening, if you're in college or whatever, when you make your first, you know, 30 grand or something. You're like, Oh, sweet. Then you make your, then you're like, I can't wait till I make six figures. Then you do. And you're like, Oh, sweet. And then when you start figuring out how to try to level up, you realize, gosh, if I'm doing transactional work, so I'm trying to move product. That means that I'm going to be like literally not sleeping. If I really want to scale up to having a global enterprise. I mean, for those of us that aren't Jeff Bezos, that raise a gazillion dollars, that's a whole nother conversation that the, the concept was how could I create something that was self-sustaining? 
that was what attracted me first to have real estate agents. I thought, oh, if I, I had two offices and if I have real estate offices, we had an art gallery in the office. So people would come in, it was leads for my realtors. I thought, oh, that, that would be, uh, but the problem is they were doing transactional work. So it wasn't very consistent either. So SaaS was like this aha moment for me where it was like, oh, subscriptions. Wait a second. You mean people will just pay me every month? And then we just agree to provide them a certain level of service for that? I love that because now we can create systems around the service. So if you look at uh, both my software companies and, and our music school, they're all subscription-based businesses. Because that consistency, I believe, allows you to deliver a higher level to your customers. And it also makes it a lot more fun for staff and for, for us as, as owners. It's not as stressful trying to pay rent or trying to make payroll when you have consistent recurring revenue. So there's, that's the answer to that. You don't um, have to go out and hunt every meal. Some right. of the meals come to you. So it, Farming it, versus hunting. Great. That's a great metaphor. Love it. So. It's just so interesting. You start off, I'm going to be a rock star. You end up teaching people to be rock stars. In the middle, there's seven steps of constant, never-ending improvement. Hmm. In the middle, there's seven opportunities to have a vision, have a goal, but let it ride, let it go, never see the end in mind. So you're selling real estate, you're working with the marketing people going, wait a second. This real estate thing is so transactional. I'd rather do the business to business than you start a marketing business. And then you start a printing business because you need to serve the marketing business. Then you start a, a SEO company to serve the marketing business and the printing business. And you know you have a great time with that. You exit, you move back into the musical world and come full circle back to your dream of teaching kids um, music, teaching them how to be rock stars, running the business of music, but with all that knowledge, a life, a half life's worth of knowledge, you get to where you want it to be at 22 years old. And I want to make that point real quick. I call it a pre-life crisis. Mm. You sit at home, you're under the bridge thinking about being a rock star and you go home and you toss and turn. You're under the bridge, figuratively, thinking about being an investment banker. We were literally... <laughs> Yeah, literally, figuratively, uh, investment banker, doctor, lawyer, astronaut, whatever it is. And you're at home and you're tossing and turning and what if and worrying. And that's what Chris is saying. Let go of the end. Let it happen. If you're following constant, never ending improvement, if you're swinging for the fences and hitting home runs, you don't know where you're going. You're having what I call a pre-life crisis. Back mm. up. Mm. You don't have to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Right. You don't, have to you don't know, by the way, you, yeah, you it's impossible. <laughs> so, it, you know, the airplane metaphor, I love it. You don't have like airplane doesn't go A to B. Yeah. Right. It doesn't just go straight line. Mm -mm. Right. It's, yeah. it's like the wind's hitting it and it's zigging and it's zagging. And that's the journey. You don't know, you know, you simply, okay. You simply pick an endpoint So it gives you some sort of direction. So the biggest mistake I see with young people is that, um, that I didn't have and you didn't have is indecisiveness. That, that is the biggest killer to your yeah, career. Just pick something and go with it. My brother said, go a year. He was on the podcast, go a year, commit to a year, see what happens. And hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Is if you don't pick, you can't iterate. You can't, if you don't know that term, it's a term we use in software a lot. Iterate means to get better. So if you don't constantly 
uh, or if you don't make a decision first, there's nothing to make better. Now, granted, Matt, I've pivoted. I mean, when I developed my current software company, we help uh, learning businesses globally. So anyone that teaches uh, classes or lessons. And so we run their whole business with our software. But when I first started, that wasn't what we were doing. We, we had this vision that we were going to help them in one small way. And then we went out and tried to sell it and no one would buy. So I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, no one's buying this brilliant freaking idea we have. What will they buy? Been there, been there, by the way. <laughs> yeah. What will they buy? And that pivoting, right? It's still embedded in my original vision. It's just, I'm willing to change until I get it right. So tenacity, sticking with that first, uh, being decisive enough to just start on the path and knowing that you can't find your way except in process. I, uh, my ver- I had a business partner years ago. He's a great example. He is, he will not take action. He's just this most brilliant person, but he's the guy that sits in the attic with a freaking notebook for like months on end. And you're like, dude, are you ever going to take action? I'm planning on, I'm getting it together. And so my uh, thing is I love planning, but my planning is very quick to, to market, very quick to action. So decide fast, fail up, fail hard. Challenges, can you imagine? I'm now obsessed with challenges and failure. I think they're great. Can you imagine? That is the only difference between you and me. I always say, Matt and I and all our friends that are entrepreneurs that are successful, the only difference between us and everyone else, we're not better looking. Well, you might be. Um, we're, we're not more intelligent. Well, y- you might be. But, uh, but at the end of the day, what makes us different is we're tenacious. We decide and we don't give up. And those two qualities um, are qualities that I think all of us have in us. But for a lot of folks, they don't find it till later in life. So if you're, if you're 19 years old listening to this, just decide and start on the path today. And it, there's, there's an interesting, and I don't know what the answer is. There's a decisiveness, a perseverance, a, te- a tenacity, a work ethic. And there's a fine, like you decided not to be a rock star and you moved on. You decided to sell your marketing business and move on. You decided to change the, the SaaS software company from a singular focus of helping in one area of business to many areas of business after putting a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of energy into the one way of doing it, like a couple of years, right? Yeah. So- and, millions, and millions of dollars. Is, and the funny part about that part is but I had already had success at that point. And I, w- and I was cocky about my ability to create it again until no one bought. Yeah. And then, but, and, and then but, I had my but, tails between my legs like, oh, I guess just like always, I have to pivot again. So there's so many people and I see them in my business, right? I hire these people and some of them don't make it to training in the college <laughs> works business. Some of them last like a week. It's like, what are you doing, dude? We just put you through this whole five interview process. Had you talk to alumni. We told you it was going to be hard. We said it was going to be the hardest thing. We showed you the list of the 40,000 people that did it and how they went and conquered the world and they quit day one. So there's, you know, there's some people that just obviously give up too early. And then there's people that go too long. Like I had a chemical company. You're talking about brilliant ideas, a chemical company that killed and got rid of mold and mildew with no harsh chemicals that you could drink. Greatest thing on earth. I couldn't sell it. It wasn't in my Mm. core competency. Mm. I pulled the plug, Mm. lost a bunch of money, pulled the plug. Mm. I know it would have never worked, right? I had to be decisive. I had to stop being perseverant. Other companies, you know, our construction company lost a bunch of money for 10 years. We lost money in that business. 10 years. Now it's one of the biggest companies in its industry in the country. 
Because you, because um, you know. And by the way, if you're listening, but how do you know? How do you know uh, to to when to stop being perseverant or when to be more perseverant? I think you err on the side of keep going hard, right? And you've got to figure out a realistic line in the sand. But there's a fine line between going just long enough to hit the success and not too long. My brother says try everything for a year. I don't know. Took us 10 years to get our commercial construction company going mm, really, mm. really well. But I think mm. there's a skill set or maybe there's an experience. Maybe it's trial and error. But I guess you could say at least try it for a year. Be decisive and go. At least try it for a year. Um, but error on the side of going too long. Because as you're in that company, you were in that SaaS business and it's not selling and everything's sucking and your family hates you and you feel horrible, which happens to all of the entrepreneurs, especially the family <laughs> hating us. My, my, my mom wanted me to move in with her when I had kids and stuff, when I lost a bunch of money, like, what are you talking about? Um, so how, you, you kept going and reinvented and reinvented and reinvented. And that's perseverance, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think the deciding to pivot for me um, it is, I don't know if I always was this way, but I think, I think what it is now, I guess I was when I left, when I left the Hollywood, um, my mindset is, listen, if I can't monetize it by actual paying customers, not friends and family, you know, not some pyramid thing. If I can't actually have people want to give me money for a service or a product, then I need to keep tweaking. Um, you remember you and I, uh, we saw that cats, um, who talked about, the supply versus demand economy. And so years ago, the, you know, in the olden days, it was a supply economy. If you controlled supply, you would kill it, right? So you could actually control the supply of a certain product and you would crush it. But nowadays it's demand-based, right? So let's take burgers as an example. I mean, there is every boutique burger place known to man out today, right? Like clearly it's something that people desire, but how do you make it amongst all those? So I think a lot of it is realizing that you go demand first. You have to focus on the users or the customers. Focus. What you're getting into is you have a decision filter. You have a bunch of factors. You're constant. You're not guessing. You're not guessing. Is this not, my obsession or is it something they actually need and want? You're not guessing. You're not listening to your friends. You know, when do I keep going or do I stop? You have a bunch of factors that you analyze. You make inquisitive and intelligent decisions and you go or not. Well, I want to get, I'm going to start to wrap this up a little bit. Chris it has been amazing. I appreciate all the input, but there's a couple things and I can't wait to hear this. Well, first of all, I'm asking you two questions. Um, what did you do to push yourself over the edge of excellence? And you dangled on the edge of excellence for a while, right? You tried a few different businesses. You tried a few different things and you were pretty damn good. You were maybe best in your market, but to become world-class, what was it that pushed you over the edge? You can tell by the, by the podcast, you're well-read. Was it the groups you belong to? Was it the reading you did? Was it just your tenacity? What was it that pushed you over the edge of excellence in the end? Mm, great question. Um, modeling. Modeling. I think modeling is one of the most powerful tools that we all have. I, I thought when I was young, I could re reinvent everything. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm the freaking smartest guy on the planet. I, I could just like rewrite everything and I'm just going to make it my own world. And now it, I realized as time went on, God, why am I trying to reinvent the wheel? 
So model as much as you can. Find someone that's in your space. Find someone that has the skills you're looking for. Find someone that's already had success and model them. Um, you know, don't try and reinvent the wheel. Which is not easy. That involves studying. That involves thinking. <laughs> that involves analyzing. Right. We used to, yeah, we used to call up uh, three comma. I call it billionaires three commas. We used to call up three comma people and stuff like that. Uh, I had a group of ten of us software owners that would travel around, and um, we would come into town and we call people and say, "Hey, you know, with Seattle, Manila, uh, all over the world." And we call people and we say, "Hey, there's ten of us coming into town. Will you meet with us? We want to learn basically what you would have told yourself when you were our age." And that was one of the most powerful things ever is to actually sit with someone. I mean, we had one guy, uh, we're sitting in his skyscraper and he's wearing pajamas and it, it was awesome. And he's telling us, Oh my gosh. He's like, I can't believe you guys are smart enough to ask someone like <laughs> just ask for help. So modeling to me is find someone that's already doing what you want and make them your best friend. Hmm. Well, I know in your life, you've made a few sacrifices. I know your father was head of security for Playboy Mansion after retiring <laughs> from the first ever gang unit in LA. Thank you to your father for his service. And I know you <laughs> sacrificed and left that job. I know you moved out of uh, Hollywood, living above the whiskey. Um, some other sacrifices I almost said that I'm not going to say. <laughs> but when you look at your life, what sacrifice did you make in your 20s that you look back on and you'll never regret making? Mm. Um, time, that obsessiveness. I, I, I think I've definitely am in the class of, uh, one of the hardest workers in the room. I'm, I'm never satisfied. You know, it's ironic because when I talk about always being satisfied, it's because that's my plight. Like I'm trying to stay in the moment. I'm trying to keep my presence, but that little tinge, that burn that keeps you going. Um, what I don't regret is that in my twenties, even though I was failing a ton, I was still getting at it. And so I think all of you out there, work ethic is, there is no substitute. It takes a minimum of five years to be successful. Minimum. Now, if you do find your success really low, then you could do it in a year. But sorry, if, if you're really talking about the people that Matt, that you hang out with and we hang out with, and some of the people that have really crushed and made a difference in the world, it's a five to 10 year project minimum. Like you said, 10 years on the commercial side. Years. What are you talking about, dude? Um, well, I, I get I, I, five to I, 10. Years. I don't know anyone that's become an incredible mark maker in the world, except for maybe they had uh, like some instant fame. Um, but even you, even you take the Kardashians, they haven't made their mark yet. They haven't, mm, they haven't mm, achieved the excellence that they're going to achieve mm, yet. So, mm. um, but what you're saying is you worked your ass off. It takes and, more time than you think, I guess, is the better way to say it. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it could be, cause it could be like, like, it's like they say, you, you know, um, 10 years. Of, uh, and I know that, that those of you listening, if you're really optimistic about your success and stuff, it's only because the more success you have, the more you start now um, comparing yourself up. So you no longer see what you might have thought was successful, you know, two years ago, you now see as just a baseline. So you keep leveling up. 
Well, Chris, I really appreciate you making it on the show. The only regret I have is you mentioned my daughter's name, which is going to get me in big trouble with her. So if you are my daughter and you heard Chris mention your name, it wasn't me. I'm sorry. I'm a fan of yours. I'm sorry. I love you so much. And I look forward to you embracing my love in the future. Chris, really appreciate it. It was an excellent interview. Thank you for making time to come. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.